Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. Game week 23 is over and now we look ahead to two quick fire rounds of fixtures with game week 24 and 25, back to back in a matter of days. I'm your host Dan and as always I'm joined by Natalie. Hello Nat. Hi. Hi. That's, I love that enthusiasm. You really bring the, uh, you bring the fire. You bring the, what's, uh, what's the word for it? Like the pizzazz to this podcast. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure everyone feels the same way. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to keep up with all podcast news and enjoy some uh, Matty Ryan propaganda, then at the Denalysis on Twitter is the place to be. But without further ado, Game 23, let's review. Oh, sick bars. <laughs> Completely unintentional, but it, it worked. Rap god over here. <laughs> we have first up on our list, Mr. Leroy Sane at 9.6. He has scored a number of goals in the Is last few games. Is he still 9.6 also, actually? No, Sane's 9.7. Oh, okay, fine. I lied then. He's 9.7. Two goals and two assists in the last three games... City are very good and they have a very decent run of fixtures. Um, Arsenal and Chelsea pop up in there, but the one issue is you can't have too many City midfielders because we'll discuss this in a bit more detail later, but there is a game week 27 blank coming for the League Cup final and that would be when City play Everton. So ideally you don't want to have more than two City players going you know, towards that week. But up next, they have Newcastle. Sane's been really, really good. And they struggled a little bit, a bit against Huddersfield, I think. But everything seems to go through through him at the moment. Of course, there is a slight warning that Mendy is back and he's training. And he's is meant he? to be in the squad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's been back from injury for a bit. I think he was on the bench for the I've stopped watching game. his Instagram stories, so... I'm a bit, I'm a bit out of the loop. Yeah, he's uh he's back and he's meant to be in the squad for the game against Burton. So he'll probably play that knowing that will be quite a low intensity game seeing as they are nine goals to the good. Uh but yeah, uh, what what do you think about City? What are your feelings at the moment? I mean, Sane at 9.7 fair bit cheaper than Sterling. Yeah. Even even losing a bonus point to Sterling this week still managed to outscore him. I, I'm starting to almost doubt my my Sterling pick. But what do you think? Um, I mean, actually, what's the difference in ownership between the two? That's a good question. So Sterling's current Sterling's at eleven percent owned, and Sane's at sixteen point nine percent. Right. So, I guess what we've got with Sterling is a differential. <laughs> I think you need to own one of the two of them, hmm. to be quite honest. That's where I'm at. I think... I'd agree. Like, teams that don't have either make me nervous because you just never know... Like, you never know how many goals they're going to score. And I think not yeah. having either of them is is a really risky move. Yeah, I, I totally get you there. And Man City are looking good again, but Huddersfield do a really, really good job at making their brilliant attacking play very, very boring. Uh I was kind of counting my blessings when I realised that I was only going to miss out on five points from uh, missing out on, on the Salah captain. But yeah, City do have this tendency to play, I don't know, with a little bit of a metaphorical handbrake on. Like when they're playing a team that they're much better than, it feels like they could go for five, six goals. And that that's what they were doing a lot last season. 
but Huddersfield just really seemed to slow the game down, which was quite annoying. But I do think that City, you know, they've scored a number of goals in their last few games and they're starting to look back to their best. Just so like really vague stat that they've scored a number of goals. I, I did notice when I was saying that, I was like, mm, it's, <laughs> it's more than 20 in their last three. I know that much. but Yeah, but th- that includes the Burton one, or no? Yeah, exactly. It includes two games in which they scored nine and seven. Mm. So, And they were both cup games against lower league. So you have to take it in context, really. Yeah. But I would say that City, you know, they also beat Wolves 3-0 before that. And they never really broke a sweat. But the, perhaps that, that brings me on to the point that, that I should make is that City, from a fantasy perspective, at the moment are quite frustrating to watch because you want them to do what they were doing last season where they were going for like five, six goals in a game. Yeah. But it seems like when they're two or three up, they just kind of relax a bit. And yeah. especially if you look at the way that Sane's goal came, who was it? One of the players just gave the ball to him and he just effectively ran through on goal really, really easily moments after Sterling scored. And it felt all too easy. And at that point, it was like, well, they don't even have to work for a goal because Huddersfield are just going to kind of gift them possession deep in, in their half. So it was a bit disappointing. One thing to note, they have kept two clean sheets in a row, which is something they didn't do for eight games in a row, maybe nine. So Laporte, back on the menu, maybe. Maybe a little bit too expensive. That's but... the thing now. Like, Are we not bored of how expensive their defenders are? Yeah, I I just wanted to raise it as an option because Unless obviously Mendy starts doing assists again. Like if Mendy's yeah. back in the first team and starts assisting every five minutes, then at six point one he's probably worth it. But knowing how Mendy has this tendency to get injured and miss a bunch of games, mm. you don't really want to go there knowing you might have to transfer him out quite soon. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a, a risky one. But on to Mo Salah, who yeah. I, so as I mentioned before. Missed out on five points by captaining Sterling instead of Salah this week. And I believe you ended up going for Salah in the end. Yeah, it was which a really wise. horrific time in my life where I couldn't decide on a captain. Yeah. It was between Sterling, Pogba and Salah. And I went for Salah because I knew that everyone else would. That's yeah. literally the reason I did it. And it turned out good. but It worked well. I wasn't keen on it. And we can get, we'll get to Palace in a bit but I'm still not overly keen on my captain choice of Salah even though it got you 15 (laughs) points you want to take it back yeah Salah is just so he didn't even play that well he's just so lethal yeah um so I don't think it's worth going into detail too much like whether or not you need to have him like you've made your bed by now you've got him or you're stubbornly refusing just like last season but I think if you haven't got him you do need to use your wild card to get him (laughs) <laughs> I probably gonna, agree, yeah. You're going to slip so far behind. Yeah. Just not having him in your team, not let alone not having him as a captain. Yeah, I, I learned my lesson last year of ignoring Salah, and that was when he was a lot cheaper. Uh, this year I've had him all season, and to be honest, if I'd just captained him every week, I'd probably be about 100,000 places higher than I actually am. So I I think with Salah, the, the problem I have is it takes a little bit of the fun out of the game. Because it's actually a very, very feasible strategy to just captain him every week, apart from when they play like Chelsea or United or or Spurs or whatever. Mm. But it does make it really boring because when everyone's captaining him, 
you're having to gain ground from your the rest of your from squad. From like your fifth midfielder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's kind of no fun because a captain, if you get a differential captain and they get 20 points, for example, that's a big chunk of that score made up really quickly. But I guess this is it. It's got that kind of gambler's tilt feel to it where it's like, oh, I want to go for someone else because I want to make up some ground. And then you keep falling further behind because you're trying to overthink things. But yeah, Salah's been brilliant. Um, I, likewise, I, I think you have to have him. I think you have to have a really good team to cover those points. And even if you do, like, it's not going to work every week because he's capable of scoring really high. Kind of not really that related to to fantasy football, but have you noticed the Salah is a diver narrative that's going around? Um, I don't realise there was a full-on narrative, but I've seen some things. I noticed it when someone I went to school with was posting a this is this is horrible, we should be banned, we we need to stamp this out of football, like going really mad about Salah. Why do men get so mad about diving in football? Like I why know. do men get so angry? Like, yeah, it's annoying and you probably shouldn't do it and it's against the rules, but like there's bigger issues here. Uh, it's like if you had the option, right? How many people would not cheat on a test if they were guaranteed full marks for and they weren't going to get caught. Like, diving is a way to get an advantage. And there are plenty of things that players do that aren't really in the spirit of the game to get an advantage. So I think you're you're deluding yourself if you think that cheating isn't a little bit of a part of, of sport, if not a, a big part of it. But I find the narrative weird because, you know, Jamie Vardy committed probably the most heinous act of diving I've seen this season last week. And there wasn't an ongoing conversation about that, but I guess because Liverpool are top of the league, it's uh, they dare to be just shot at. In that no sense. one cares about Vardy. Yeah, yeah. But it, how ridiculous was that dive compared to Salah's, which was, you know, a little bit silly. But at the end of the day, like if he stays on his feet, everyone complains. I'm always worried about down. how people differentiate between someone diving and someone just falling over. Yeah. Uh, well, I think some people are just silly idiots and they will just say everything's a dive because they think footballers should be invincible and able to stay on their feet at all times but I think it's kind of a matter of opinion sometimes because you don't really know like it's based on so many things there's a momentum that you're the speed you're running at you Mm. know a little touch could take you down but at the end of the day there's no moral high ground here like football is football people try to get penalties they stay on their feet when they've been kicked you'd be like oh he should have gone down because he could have got a penalty and I think at the end of the day, it happens. But it is good for fantasy because if he goes down and he wins a penalty, he's probably going to be taking it and he's going to score more points for your team. So there you have it. Good, good times for him. Um, do you have any other comments on Liverpool? Not particularly, no. The one thing I would say is Robertson and Van Dijk really you know, putting in the effort for the team, getting some sweet assists. Van Dijk's was ridiculous. A shot that looped up in the air and freaking bounce to to Salah but didn't even bounce actually it just dropped down and then uh Andy Hamble Robertson yeah you know you got a handball (laughs) when when the chance presents itself and you can get away with it do a little handball Townsend did it and he that could have been a penalty to Liverpool so what are you gonna do about it absolutely nothing cool excellent you want to talk about Palace though don't you uh yeah we can do that now um I actually think that if um 
they had had anyone else in goal, like literally if they had had Serloff in goal, Palace would have won this game. Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I think Spironi was the reason that they didn't win. Like, I genuinely believe that. Well, he was certainly a factor. He was awful. Well, I'm sure he yeah. made some saves, but in the goals he didn't save, he was actually terrible. And I'd be really disappointed if I was a Palace fan. Yeah. I See, I don't like to debate like these sorts of minutiae sometimes. Well, because here it, we it are. Is, it's one of those things where I see that Townsend handball that they get away with before it's 1-0 to Palace. And I think if... You know, if Spironi isn't there, is there some kind of butterfly effect in which that penalty is given or the game plays out differently for whatever reason? Like, there were... I think Liverpool did enough to win it, uh, but there were, yeah, there were key moments that went their way, certainly, although there was a key moment that didn't go their way. So I kind of feel like Palace, probably the most interesting thing about them is they do seem to raise their game for these big teams. Because if you look at their goal-scoring record, like, They've barely sco- scored a goal a game this season. But when they play Liverpool at Anfield, they score three. Yeah. So and the same how do you explain City that? At the Etihad. Yeah. So how do you explain that? They're scoring three against City and Liverpool, but they can't score one against the likes of Burnley. Like, I, how do you explain this? <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain this. They're just like the, like the big boys, don't they? And this is ultimately what makes them kind of a a rubbish option from a fantasy perspective. Although maybe, maybe you could look at, and we're getting into the territory where everyone has one Bissaka. So Mm. it's kind of hard to really discuss their defensive options. Uh, Guaita was looking like a a good pick, but obviously he picked up that little injury. I don't know how long he's out for. Both of them have unknown return date on uh, the old ting. Yeah. Well, that is one thing that I noticed today because we're recording about a week before before the next round of fixtures and a few days before the weekend, like there is no injury news whatsoever. So <laughs> you're not going to get much of that today, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe like Sacco or Tompkins. Tompkins obviously got the goal, could be a good option. They have a fairly decent run of fixtures, but if you have one Bissaka, it's not really that, that worth doing. But yeah, they were, they were really good in this game. They gave a good account of themselves. Wolves, also gave a good account of themselves with, well, the result was the same, wasn't it? 4-3 to Wolves Mm. against Leicester. And this (laughs) is a game we were talking about last week where we were sort of umming and ahhing about how this would go because there's two teams who rely on the counter-attack and tend to do better against the bigger teams. And I think four of the seven goals came from counter-attacks where the other team made a mistake. So... It kind of played out as you might expect, but there were far more goals than I, I expected there to be. Um, Jota, the standout player this week, three goals for him. And the thing I picked out that that really stood out was that he looked a lot stronger than he looked earlier in the season. If you go back to the games, you know, he was a nailed on starter for the first sort of four or five games of the season. And he was the very much touted big player for Wolves this season. Uh, I think he scored upwards of 20 goals in the championship. He really seemed to struggle with the physicality. But if you look at the goals he scored yesterday and the moments he had, he was capable of holding off players bigger than him. And I think that really made a a big difference. Do you think 
there is any sense in going to a guy like Jota who's 5.9 at this point in the season? I don't know. I think it's an interesting one um, because he only just returned from injury, right? This last week was his first week back before that he'd been out for like five, six weeks or something. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a weird one because the fixtures are all right for them. The next three Premier League fixtures are West Ham at home, Everton away and Newcastle at home. I don't know. Maybe he's had he scored five goals and two assists in his last five starts. Yeah, which I think is quite good going for someone who's only five point nine million. Yeah, and I mean he could replace someone like Ryan Fraser, who I think he returned last week, but hasn't really been putting up the same sort of numbers. And Bournemouth fixtures they they aren't great to be honest. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they face uh, Bournemouth face Chelsea, Cardiff, Liverpool, Wolves, Arsenal, and City. Yeah. So, aside from that Cardiff game, their fixtures are absolutely horrible, and I don't think Bournemouth have a particularly good record in those big games. So, he could fulfil that sort of role in your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would hesitate to get more than one Wolves player in my team. Yeah. And that's across all positions, because my feeling on them at the moment is. They are not reliable defensively for uh, for a double up. Yeah, And I've sure. got some stats to back that up. They've kept, in their last 16 game weeks, a mere two clean sheets. Well, yeah, I think I wrote down that they the last clean sheet they had was in game week 17. Yeah. And you have to go back, I think, a further eight weeks or so to get to their, their next one there. So right. comparatively, they got four clean sheets from their first eight games. Mm. So... You can see why at the start of the season we were thinking these guys are an absolute must-have defensively. You can double up and 50% of the time you're going to get a clean sheet and you might get a a goal from Doherty. And I think Doherty's goals and assists have really clouded or or, or kind of hidden how bad their defence has been because you've been able to have him in your team and still get returns. Yeah. Well, he was rotated out this week, right? Absolutely. And... I don't know, was there, did Espirito Santo say anything about, about why this was? I don't think I caught anything on the, the post-match. I didn't see it. I didn't see or hear anything. Um, no. I assumed it was like, I mean, I kind of assumed it was just him having a rest. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a fair assumption. I think like now is not the time, unless he actually went out and said on record, you know, this guy has been letting me down recently. Although I would say I've been relatively unimpressed with his performances. I think from a fantasy perspective, he is exciting because he does get forward a lot. But defensively, I do question how good he is and how how much effort he puts in defensively as well. But that said, you know, he has been reliable over the season. Jimenez finally gone up by a full million since the start of the season. He's 6.5 now. And... Yeah, I think he's also a very, very reliable option to have. Mm-hmm. I think there's kind of a, a number of cheapy, like mid-price strikers that are emerging. But the interesting thing about Jimenez is that he just he seems to be able to return an assist or a goal against just about anyone, and that's it. That's all you're getting. You'll probably get some bonus points, but it's very rare. Like for that price, you can't really be mad about like pretty much a return every week. Yeah. Almost every week. Not quite, but well, yeah. yeah. It, it It's at 6.5. Like, even at that price, a full million more expensive, it's worth having. 
you can play him almost any week against anyone and there's a chance he'll get a return. Yeah. Maybe against Liverpool and City, they're the only fixtures you hesitate. But the fact that he provides value so frequently, like I'd happily take four or five points a week for someone at that price rather than 10 points one week, two points for the five weeks after. So yeah, over the course of a season, having that reliability is really, really useful. And I don't think he's too expensive to buy now. Like, I was thinking about buying him on Sunday night and I just bottled it because I just... Mm, I didn't like it. I didn't like doing it that long before the game week. Um, but I don't think 6.5 is too expensive to buy. If I did think it was too much, I wouldn't have thought about leaving it. Yeah. Or I wouldn't have been thinking about doing it in the first place. But I think 6.5 is still, like, a more than fair price to pay for him, too. Absolutely. And... Especially seeing as their fixtures, all the way to about game week, game week thirty-one, like they're mostly quite good. Uh, they play Chelsea and Arsenal in there, but other than that, it's it's pretty much mid-table and below. So, I think you have to have one Wolves player probably because there there is going to be some. They are going to get some good results there, but I'd I'd go for Jimenez or Jota, and I think Jimenez is more proven. Mm-hmm. Jota could be a good differential. Whether he's going to keep this level of scoring up, like he's not going to get a hat-trick every game, that's yeah. for sure. But I did think what stood out was that Wolves changed their formation for the, I think, for the first time this season. And having three players in midfield rather than just two, it really seemed to work for them. And it, it got them a lot more chances. And this is, what, the first time they've scored three goals this season, maybe? Uh, I, they might have done it, but they don't regularly score more than one or two goals. So this is very promising for them going forward. The clean sheets, not so much. Mm. You win some, uh, you lose some. And also, Willy Bolly is out suspended. So that's something to note. Like, he's out for, I think, he's three, it'll be three one, one more game because there's the FA Cup yeah. at the weekend. Ryan Barbell, mm. he looks very good. I thought he was thoroughly impressive against Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> what did you think? Is that who they played? Yeah. It was a late game on Sunday, wasn't it? And they were 1-0 up for a, a fair amount of the game. And I was getting quite excited thinking, oh, oh my God, yeah. Fulham might win this. Yeah, I recall. Um, yeah, he made um, made Mitrovic look suddenly like he could be an option again. Uh, and Mitrovic did score, but he was a, just marginally offside. Mm. I thought this was a very interesting performance from Fulham. And I think ultimately they were a little bit unlucky. Complete, complete aside. But every time I tweeted about Fulham, they immediately conceded a goal like a minute later. (laughs) I think that Barbell looked really impressive. I think he only played for 55 minutes as well because he's not... Yeah, he didn't do I don't think he'd been playing a lot for Besiktas. But the minutes he did play, he looked really, really good. Mm -hmm. And at 5.5... It's kind of tough with Fulham because this has got to be one of those... He'll take up a slot like a guy like Jota, like a guy like Fraser. This is a punt for one of those sort of lower-priced midfielders. And we don't really know if Fulham are going to start getting the goals. Yeah. But their fixtures are not awful. They're kind of a bit mixed. I mean, they have Brighton and Crystal Palace next. So those are two that you could potentially see them profiting from. Then they have Man United, and Man United are just unstoppable at the moment. Like, nothing seems like it, it's going to drag them down. Uh, but then after that is West Ham and Southampton, both away games. It's maybe a bit of a hard sell. Maybe we have to wait until a bit le- later in the season, because this feels like a punt 
it's kind of an unnecessary risk and there are other options that are good in that price but I did think that he put in a really really good performance and like you say potentially increases the value of Mitrovic and when there's maybe a little bit of a dearth of sort of um 6.5 million strikers you know you've got Jimenez you've got Wilson but Wilson's fixtures suck I'm still sitting on Arnautovic and I'm hoping that he stays at West Ham but also I'm, I'm not sure if I am really hoping that because this is just kind of this is becoming a saga now with him and I don't know if when he comes back he's got to be rubbish or not so I like Mitrovic's price especially with Wilson being permanently injured and well coming back scoring a goal then getting injured and having to come off it's it's a good price. Oh I forgot about that yeah what's his situation he's not on um, I don't know how serious the injury is. It, it's something to keep a close eye on for sure, but I'm sure we'll have more details on that at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So we have a bunch of usual suspects who performed. Pogba scored again, uh, a penalty this time. And I mean, I, I I kind of have a natural tendency to dismiss penalties somewhat as it's like, it's well, not a real goal. you're not going to get a penalty every game. Yeah. But then... The flip side of that is Man United are playing a far more attacking game than they had been under Jose. And the fact that they're getting the ball in the box in dangerous areas so much dramatically increases the chances of them winning a penalty. Mm-hmm. And Pogba being on penalties and also being capable of scoring from open play makes him amazing. So yeah, if you're one of the, what, 60% maybe of people who don't already own him, he's almost definitely worth getting in. Uh, likewise with Rashford up to 7.7 now I mean those guys have risen so quickly Mm. Um, I personally I'm not actually getting them either of them and this is only because I have gone through a painstakingly and ridiculously specific plan for the next sort of five game weeks and there is not one permutation that allows me to get Pogba or Rashford without making cuts of players that I really love And that could cost me, but I'm taking a gamble that this next three, they have Burnley, Leicester and Fulham. On paper, those are amazing fixtures. But I think from game week 27 onwards uh, up to game week 31, their fixtures look a lot tougher. They play Liverpool, admittedly it is at home, uh, but then there's Palace away and we spoke about Palace raising their game against the top teams. There's Southampton at home and they, they just seem to be getting, getting points every game now, no matter who they play. Then it's Arsenal and Man City back-to-back. So they obviously had that test against Spurs. And I think that was one where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really showed that that he had the tactical nous to win the game. But it shouldn't be forgotten that Spurs for the second half peppered their goal constantly. And on another day, maybe could have scored. So yeah. I would be a little bit apprehensive of getting them in past this game week. But if you just want to ride out like the next three, it's still probably worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Man United look amazing. I did see someone mentioning De Gea and I just don't think at his price he's worth it. They conceded a goal against Brighton. Brighton away from home are terrible uh, at scoring goals. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be overly convinced. Like if you're going to look at a Man United defender, you have to go for someone like Lindelof because he's only 4.8. And that is very affordable in the in the grand scheme of things. Um, who else? Who else was good? Wilson. We spoke about. Yeah. He looks injured. <laughs> he looks injured. I've got a point about uh, 
uh, Begovic is the first time he's ever been dropped from the starting lineup in the mm. Premier League for Bournemouth. Yeah, and I used to be a big, uh, big fan of Begovic. He was actually a really good goalkeeper back in the day, but he seems to have dropped off a, uh, dropped off in his form the last couple of years. Who who played instead? Was it Boric? Boric? Yeah. Oh wow. Gets clean sheet though, he, didn't he? That's yeah, he did. He did, and I mean Andy Carroll missed from. I I don't know how he missed from what. Two yards? One yard? Sure. I don't Plays even know over. how long a yard is. Uh, neither do I, really. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he missed from very close to the goal, so that could have gone gone another way. And I think Nasri came close with a chance, too. Um, but yeah, he... Begovic hasn't been good of late. I don't know if that's really the solution to Bournemouth's de- uh, defensive problems, mm. but it did work on this occasion. Um, not so much usual suspects, but guys I, I wanted to mention... Uh, Ward Prowse, 5.0. He's got 19 points in the last two weeks. I love scored him in back so to back much. weeks. He's well, my favourite. Yeah, I went for Redmond, who's at 5.2, right. and it's starting to feel like I picked the wrong the wrong horse in this Why race. Why didn't Redmond get the assist for the Dean own goal? Um, yeah, I was very upset about this because on Sky Sports News, they reported it as a Redmond goal, and I was like, yes, I've yeah. got him in my team. Brilliant. Uh, then it was confirmed that it was actually a Luca Dean own goal. And the rules, I, I don't have them to hand, but effectively what the rules say is that it has to be an intentional pass or shot in order for an assist to count from an own goal. And okay. although Redmond touched it, it wasn't an intentional pass or shot. It was just a, a kind of controlling touch. So mm. I think based on the rules, that's why I didn't get it. I was a little bit bummed about that, of yeah. course, but I can I can kind of understand it because, I mean, he did in a way assist it. You could debate the semantics of that all day long, but it does kind of fit their rules, and I'm not too mad about it. Yeah. And, but uh, elsewhere, yeah, Warpress looked brilliant. I think he epitomised what Southampton have been doing well in recent weeks. Won a fifty-fifty challenge just uh, about around the halfway line, and then just drove forward, took a shot. I think Southampton have been really really good and you should definitely look at picking up one of their their players yeah Ings uh, Ward... was still good as well in the game it was uh, just unlucky that he didn't get any goals yeah. I think yeah I think they the thing that's interesting about them is they are despite not having a lot of the ball they're getting a lot of attacks put together just through through quick and incisive counter-attacks I think Redmond is the one that sees most of the chances particularly playing on like on the shoulder of the last man and just getting through on goal. Yeah. Um, but Ings also, his just his determination to just dribble through everyone, it, it seems it's almost like a budget Luis Suarez. He he does a similar thing where he just bashes his way through everyone. Uh, but yeah, all three of those guys look like really, really good options. I think Redmond will get a goal or assist at some point soon, but Ward Prowse, he's also on set pieces. Him and Ings also battle it out for penalties. So at five million He's he's a really good guy to look I at. I assume at. it's Ings though, right? When Ings is on, it's Ings, and when Ings isn't on, it's Ward Prowse. No, I don't know because Ward, Ward Prowse... Prowse has only been taken them when Ings hasn't been on. No, I don't know if Ward Prowse was playing when Ings took them because has Ings taken one since Hasenhutel's come in? I, I think he's that... taken one. Right. So we, I don't know for sure, but it's going to be one of those two. It's 
regardless, he does take set pieces. So yeah. Oh, yeah. he, he could oh, score yeah. from a free kick or he could get an assist from a corner. And if he does get a penalty, then that's that's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, Perez and Shah, or Cher, sorry, were also... Well, Perez is a player... I have a little bit of a bias because I just like him. Uh, he's at 6.1. This is Perez, Newcastle Perez. He scored a 93rd minute goal. I highlight these because we spoke about Doherty earlier and the defensive efforts of Wolves not quite being up to it in terms of keeping clean sheets. Um, Cher obviously scored two goals this game week. He's not going to do that every week. They have some horrible fixtures back to back for the next two. But after that, in game week 26, it really clears up. They have Wolves, Huddersfield, Burnley, West Ham, Everton, Bournemouth which are all the sorts of teams that, that I could see Newcastle getting a result again, against. And considering Doherty's gone up to, what, like 5.2, mm-hmm. you could sell him, cash in on him, get someone like Cher at 4.6 and potentially profit. Is Cher a starter, though? Yeah, he, he has been. I think he missed a few games through injury. Okay. But Lascelles is also 4.6 if you wanted another option. I just thought I'd speak of Cher because he scored two goals. Yeah. And he I mean, quite... I assume he'll start now. Yeah, you would goals. think so. But uh, I just looked at his situation yeah. earlier today and wasn't sure about his starting place. Yeah, he did miss a few games from injury uh, through injury, so that was definitely a thing that happened. I also thought Cher's goals were ridiculously opposite from each other. <laughs> like one, the, the first one was like Messi-style dribble through the entire team and then finish it with his left foot. Yeah. And then the other one just kind of came off his knee without an attempt to even play the ball uh but yeah aside from that Ayers Perez 6.1 he's one of those players sort of in the Jimenez mold in that he works really hard he's not clinical uh, but there will come a point in the season where he will rack up some goals and I think if you look at game week 26 to game week 31 that is a really positive run of fixtures for Newcastle and the fact that he scored his goal yesterday should give him a bit of confidence Maybe he's quite a hard sell at this point, but I, I do think he's worth at least having on your watch list and, and paying attention to his form because he can be a valuable player at times. Um, and yeah, I, I did say, we spoke about Wilson already. I had a note that said, classic Callum Wilson, scores a wonder goal, comes off injured. Also classic Diop, makes a good tackle, directly leads to said wonder goal for Callum Wilson. And... Brooks, Stanislas, King and Wilson. It's a nice little quadruple. They're good guys. Any feedback on that? No. Yeah, Bournemouth actually look good again. Okay, so we'll look at a couple of players, more than a couple actually, let's call it a few, or a school of players who are performing well, but aren't necessarily uh, racking up the points at the moment. So Aubameyang, I put put down there because Mm. he missed a fairly easy chance to, to tap in which he did also against Chelsea in the reverse fixture. But then he almost scored a left-footed overhead kick, which is a, yeah. a much harder chance. So, again, another good performance from Aubameyang. And, I, you know, you go into a game against Chelsea, these big games, you very rarely expect your big players to get, like, a big haul. So I'm not really too worried about that. And Arsenal's fixtures are really, really good from here on in. So I thought he was good in the game and did a lot of good work for the team. I also wanted to pick out Torreira, who I think is, at 4.9, he is one of the better sub-5 million players. Probably better than Camarasa, in my opinion. 
purely because Arsenal are going to score more goals and they have arguably the best fixture run in the league till the end of the season with only Man City, Spurs and Man United. Uh, yeah, Torreira 4.9 takes a lot of set pieces still. So so that's good. And he was back to his best against Chelsea. Uh, was, there, was there anyone else you thought played particularly well this week? Yeah, specifically because they're both in my team. But I was pleased with both Barnes and Delefeu, hmm. uh who have done absolutely nothing since I got both of them. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like... Delefeu is doing everything I want him to do apart from getting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. So it is what it is. Oh, we say this every week about Watford, don't we? Like, they can definitely score goals. It's just they don't. They do it most of the time. You just don't really know when where they're going to come from. So, mm. <laughs> so the the positive with Wat- Watford is their next uh, six games are actually pretty good. Um, they they face Spurs next, but Spurs are in a bit of an injury crisis. <laughs> Well, who, uh, pfft, do they have any players to play? Can they play anyone? Is there anyone there? Who knows? I yeah, I'm not what are they going to do sure? against whoever they're playing on Thursday. I'd probably just not play anyone. Just oh. Pochettino has to put his shirt on, get on the field. <laughs> what would you do? It is looking problematic for them because we spoke about Ali and Ericsson last week and how you know they could be okay differentials, and Ali obviously. He had a good return. I think he got 10 points, but now he's out for six weeks. And mm. now it's just Ericsson. He's the only remaining one. I wonder if Pochettino's thinking, or oh, maybe we should assign someone in the summer. Yeah, I, I, Pochettino was thinking that in the summer, I can guarantee <laughs> you. It's not, it's not Pochettino who is forcing them not to sign any players. It's Daniel Levy who refuses to spend money like at least all of their defenders are fit they could just field a team of entirely defenders i was gonna say they could play a 10-0-0 formation yeah that'd be interesting because at least then they can just draw nil nil everywhere yeah right I'd... and one point we all know that one point is better than none points yeah but spurs haven't drawn a game this season so that would ruin that perfect record that they have what <laughs> They haven't drawn a Premier League game this season. They've either Why won not? or lost. <laughs> Why not? You say it like it's a choice. Like, oh, I'm just going to draw this game. Because I don't know. They they either win or they lose. That's just how... Them's just the breaks. I don't understand. Yeah, it, it's crazy, actually. It's a, a crazy scenario. I'd probably say Nasri and, uh, falls into this category a little bit. Mm. He looked decent. I don't know how much of the game he played because... The highlights were very, very short for this West Ham game. Yeah. Uh, but they do have a good run. They're, I think all the way up to game week 32, they play Liverpool and Man City in there, but they also have a lot of rubbishy teams. Felipe Anderson's an interesting one, actually, who we haven't really covered over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Because I got rid and thus I'm no oh, longer you did. interested. Um, who did yeah. you get instead? Pogba. Luca Dean is also someone we haven't mentioned that I feel like we should mention because he scored an own goal. He's he's another one. It's all or nothing with him. He's, he's yeah. the Spurs. He, he is Spurs in the form of a football player. It's either own goal <laughs> or 17 points. I guess there yeah. is no in between. Um, how do you feel about him at the moment? Because I am of the opinion that with Everton, much like Wolves, you can own one of their players. Mm. any more than that and you're setting yourself up for failure because they are just weird yeah i'm fine with owning him i think i'm fine with owning him because he's so i assume he's so highly owned yeah um so like if he does something stupid like score an own goal 
everyone's gonna be suffering um it's the same with doherty the same situation he becomes so highly owned if he does anything and you miss out you're kind of screwed yeah uh so fine i'm not really bothered like i'm <laughs> gonna play him every week just in case he scores yeah i just think everton are rubbish like i, I heard oh, that they yeah, are... i don't reckon they're good they actually have fewer points than they had at this point last season under allardyce that's interesting which is not good um but yeah i've been relatively disappointed with their performance this season richarlison has just dropped off so much yeah i think actually if you're still hanging on to richarlison there are better things you could be doing yeah. with your time and, uh, and money I, you know i was advocating you know holding on to him for these good fixtures and they have huddersfield left and it feels like it feels like we're just into gambler's fallacy territory now where it's like I'll hold on to him for this one more week because it's Huddersfield. Yeah. But then I think of how Huddersfield made it difficult for City. And I'm like, if Everton, you know, struggled to score against Southampton and end up getting a bit of a, a sort of dodgy pinball goal at the end of the game, I, I don't know if they'll do that well against Huddersfield, to be honest. Okay, the first blank game week. You wanted me to explain this. It's fairly simple. Please. For those who are unaware and maybe playing FPL for the first time, we have a number of blank game weeks over the season and what a blank game week is is when games have to be rescheduled for either a league cup game like the league cup final or an FA cup game or an FA cup round of fixtures. So on Sunday the 24th of January? Wait, what are we now? Uh, sorry, 24th That's... of February. Yeah. I'm saying the wrong month. Um, it'll be the league cup final which will almost definitely be Man City. Uh, providing they can hold on to their nine goal advantage against Burton which means Everton will also be missing in game week 27 which is when this fixture falls so Man City players, Everton players definitely going to miss that week so you don't want to have too many of both of these teams also Spurs or Chelsea are the likely uh, sorry not the likely, Spurs or Chelsea will miss uh, this this week as well, and it's likely to be Burnley or Brighton. Yep. So one of those two will definitely miss game week twenty seven as well. So it's something to be aware of. And when I was talking about how I have very specific transfer plans, that's because I have two City players, and I want to make sure every week from now all the way up up to about game week thirty one, I want to make sure that I have a full eleven of good players and I'm not having to play crappy players who are going to get me one point or whatever. Uh, also, one other thing that I haven't mentioned yet is the signing of Higuain because Chelsea Chelsea have been... I think they've looked very worrying in recent times. And do you hear Sari's comments? He's gone a bit full-on Mourinho. He did yes, a... Yes, he had to do it in Italian. Yeah. So yeah, that I... he could voice himself proper. If that ain't a statement of intent right there, like I'm I'm not even gonna speak in English, I'm gonna go full Italian so I can really hammer home my point. Yeah. I I felt it was a little bit Mourinho, like he you know, you can find the details on this plenty of other places, everywhere's covered it. But he essentially said that these players are impossible to motivate and they will never be warriors, but he thought that they'd got over their sort of um their casual approach to the games, let's say, uh, a few weeks ago, but it's clear to him now that they haven't. Uh, Higuain is a guy who had a really, really good season, a record-breaking season under Sarri at Napoli, 
And since then, it's gone a bit downhill for him. But if he comes, I mean, I think he's got to be 10 million or 10.5 million if, if he comes, if he does come in. Uh, reports are saying that the deal is essentially done. His scoring record was really incredible under, under Sorry, so it could be one to look at. And it could really help turn Chelsea's season around because they've they've really started to flatline a bit lately. And I'd be a little bit worried about them, especially if you have guys like Alonso and Louise. I mean, I know Louise has actually been returning quite well, but at 5.9 and the amount of, of goals they seem to drop, like they just don't look very good. So uh, that's my thoughts on Chelsea for you. Shall we move on to a quick look at the analysis domestic, Natalie? Yes, please. Um, there's a quick reshuffle at the top again this week. Uh, John McMahon is back in first place. Congrats. Good lads. You can't keep a good man down. You really can't. Um, but our top scorer for this week is Stephen Tor, um, who played a wild card with some sketchy defensive choices, hmm. uh, but unbelievably sensible attack with Sterling, Sane, Rashford, Pogba, Salah and Mane. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Stacked. What's his yeah. front line like? It's just Rashford and then it's like Kamara and de- like <laughs> someone rubbish. or something. Yeah, like <laughs> oh, the other wow. two forwards are trash. <laughs> but like you kind of don't... Re- like I respect his ethos. I would call that gung-ho. That's a <laughs> that's a get-on-the-front-foot sort of wild card, but yeah. it could go horribly wrong as the weeks go on. I hope it doesn't for his sake. Yeah. But for now, I'm into it. Well, congratulations. It's always good to have a good score. What did he get, by the way? What was the full, uh, full score? 87 points, I think. There were two managers with 86 points. Yeah. But he just, just beat him with 87. Well done, John, and well done, Stephen. You, you great guys. You've done well this week. Okay, okay. So let's look ahead to game week 24 and 25. As I said in the intro to this podcast, we have two game weeks coming in quick succession because game week 24 is midweek due to the FA Cup fixtures this weekend, which means probably if you can wait until the last possible moment to make your transfers. I know if you're looking at guys like Pogba, they're probably going to rise by the end of the week again. So you might have to do those sorts of ones early, but there could be injuries. Uh, yeah, it, seeing as Arsenal are playing Man United on Friday night, it seems like that's the kind of game where a lot of the first team players of both these teams are going to be playing. Yeah. Uh, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't field a reserve team in that sort of game. Uh, so yeah, that's something to keep an eye out for. But the first round of fixtures starts on Tuesday, the 29th of January. And we have a bunch of 74, uh, 74, 7.45 kickoffs. I was going to say starting with Arsenal Cardiff, but they're all at the same time. So it's true. That's the first in alphabetical order. Arsenal Cardiff, Fulham Brighton, Huddersfield Everton and Wolves West Ham. <sighs> I mean, Arsenal Cardiff, it's it's crying out for that Aubameyang captain. And... Yeah. The only reason I wouldn't do it is because it's early. Yeah. I don't like that day one cap. But it's it's not like it's nowhere near as bad as a twelve forty five kickoff. No, it's true. Because you do actually have what, one, two, three, four, five, six games on, on this uh this Tuesday. Yeah. So you're gonna actually see most of the games play out. you're not gonna have to suffer through loads. It's only that Liverpool happen to play on the Wednesday that, that makes it a problem. Mm. But obviously Arsenal 
Uh, Aubameyang, this is a good good chance for him to catch up Mo Salah, who's overtaken him in the, the goal-scoring charts. Um, Man United-Burnley is also a good fixture for United uh, at Old Trafford. So I guess some people may be looking at Pogba and Rashford as potential captain options, maybe even Martial, because I think he had a number of chances to score against Brighton this weekend and was can count himself a little bit unlucky, actually. He did quite well in the game. Not with Tom Heaton in goal. I don't think uh, I don't think he's any match. They're any match. I think well, he's good. Yeah, that's that's the flip side. I mean, I think Man United are going to start to face a lot of different tests now. Like we've seen mm. how they're going to play. We know they like to counter attack. You can't really counter attack a team like Burnley because they just sit back for the for the most part. So it could it could be tough for them. I I don't know. Like we'll I guess we'll see. But I would think twice about captaining one of those guys. Uh, Wolves West Ham looks like it could be an interesting one. West Ham have you know they've mostly been on really good form. I think they've won six of their last ten. Mm. The my problem for this game week is that my goalkeepers are Roy Patricio and Fabianski. Oh, good old good old Roy Patrick. I <laughs> know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get rid of him in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, God knows what I'm going to do here. Yeah, I mean, at least you don't have a weird double up or something like that, because that, well, that would be more least. fatal. But I, I'm going to play Fabianski this week. I, I have yeah, a good feeling fa- about West Ham. You play Fabianski every week. Shut up. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have another option. <laughs> I did mention that Wolves, you know, they improved when they changed their formation to have three in midfield against Leicester. It made them a much more attractive proposition in attack. But I do fancy West Ham for this one. They, I mean, it all comes down to whether Arnautovic is playing, in my opinion. If he's not, and if Chicharito can't play, then I think there's maybe a problem. Uh, and that's that's probably going to be the problem that West Ham see for the rest of the season if Arnautovic isn't fit and firing but if Arnautovic is playing if we find out that he's all good he's staying and he's back in the team I fancy them for it uh yeah any other fixtures here take your fancy I mean Everton away to Huddersfield if you're if you're still holding on to Richarlison some kind of hope that he'll come good in this second half of the season Everton's away form is really terrible though right that like that's That's... the gag I think their form is pretty terrible in general. That's kind <laughs> of the issue. But their away form is even more terrible. <laughs> yeah. And Huddersfield are just... They're such stiflers. Uh, Fulham do have an opportunity against Brighton, but I don't imagine many people are going to have too much fantasy interest in this. Uh, Man City away to Newcastle. Probably not captaincy material, knowing how Newcastle like to try and try and stop teams from scoring, especially these big teams. But maybe like uh, an outside shout for a, a big win here like you never know. know with with city like they can certainly turn it on when they need to mm. and they are going to be chasing liverpool and they're playing a day before liverpool so it'd be a good way to put the pressure on them and i'm sort of coming around on my own dismissal of the idea of a captain in here but i, I think it's going to be Aubameyang for me but they could be a differential captain shout. It's probably just a bit risky because Newcastle are defensive. Uh, then on to Wednesday the 30th, we have Bournemouth versus Chelsea and Southampton versus Crystal Palace. They're both at 7.45. And we have the late kick, the late kickoffs, the 15 <laughs> minutes later kickoffs, <laughs> Liverpool versus Leicester and Spurs versus Watford. So 
I think Watford have a good chance here. If you remember, Watford actually beat Spurs 2-1 in the reverse fixture at Vicarage Road. Uh, Spurs, with their, their injury crisis, I mean, they're, they're certainly limp in attack at the moment. It doesn't look like they're going to sign anyone. They keep being linked with players, but I don't think it's going to happen. So maybe an opportunity for Watford to get something here. I have Kiko Femenya. I failed to mention him earlier on. He got nine points this week for me. So you know how, how I kept saying, you know, I'm waiting for my Kiko moment. It, those mm. those uh, full bonus and clean sheet moments. It finally came. And I was quite lucky with it as well because Bernie had a, a goal wrongfully disallowed. I'm probably going to play him again here. I think there's a... He did have to come off injured. So I don't know how serious that injury is. Hoping it's not serious because otherwise I'll have to transfer him. But yeah, I, I fancy Watford for this. Spurs, I mean, they barely have any players left you can pick from. From a fantasy perspective, you can have Ericsson, but he has no one to pass to other than Lorente. But yeah, I, I do worry for them, to be honest. And I think they're starting to pay the price for that high intensity Christmas period where they got loads of good results. And now having a small squad is starting yeah. to creak. Uh, Liverpool, Leicester, Salah is always a good captaincy option. We always say about Leicester, you know, they like to counter-attack. They like to play against the big teams. They beat Chelsea and City back-to-back, so... This could be a tricky one for Liverpool. But I think they're going to be looking to control the game a lot more than they did against um, Crystal Palace. Palace. Yeah. Do you think you're going to go for Salah in this one? Probably. It seems like we're getting to that point, aren't we? We're getting to that point where it's like, you just have to do it because he doesn't even have to play well and he gets 15 points. Yeah. Whereas you can watch other people play well and, and just not get the returns. I think that's the thing about Salah, and it's it's a similar situation with Aubameyang. Like, because he plays so far forward, and he is the focal point. At, well, not the focal point, but he's the the guy who gets most of the chances. Southampton Palace has got to be an interesting one. That's yeah, one that sure. I'd really like to watch, actually. If it if it wasn't for the Liverpool Leicester game, but I'll definitely watch the first fifteen minutes of this. Uh, I'm going to be playing Redmond. I was thinking if Kiko Firmino is injured, I might actually bring Bednarek in this week. Because I do fancy them to get a clean sheet here. And I have been saying for weeks. And they keep... Southampton keep coming so close. And then conceding in like the 92nd minute. It's proper annoying. Uh, And Bournemouth played Chelsea. Which last week we were speaking in glowing terms about Pedro. It's funny how all that changes. Now it's like, oh god, Chelsea are kind of rubbish. And what Mm. happens if Higuain comes in? Does Pedro retain his place? I don't know. I think he should. Because I think he's one of their best finishers. But... It's really hard to say what will happen there, but uh, this one's just too hard to predict. Like, this is one of the reasons I got rid of David Brooks, because he has a load of these fixtures against good teams. And I I love David Brooks as a player. I thought he was fantastic at the weekend, but I don't want to play him against Chelsea. It's just a a tough one to call. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to do clean sheets for this because we're here? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Do you already have a pick? Did I get get mine right last week? I think I yeah, did. Yeah, you said Man City last week. Yeah, boy. I almost lost it at the end as well. Frickin' Mounier. Thank God he can't finish. I'll say Man United. Man United against Burnley. That, yeah, that's... You'll get good... Well, not good odds. You'll get rubbish odds on that. But it's likely, a likely scenario. What else do we have here? It's actually quite a tough one because... Yeah. I was thoroughly impressed with Arsenal's defending against Chelsea, but when you're playing Chelsea, you kind of have to up your game a bit. 
Although this is at home for Arsenal against Cardiff. So I'm going to say Arsenal. The only problem I have is uh, we should have actually mentioned Koscielny earlier. 15 points for him. I don't think he's necessarily going to play this game though because of his age and also his very serious injury that he had. But I'm going to go for Arsenal, even though I think their defence has got to be weakened by the loss of, of Bellerin and potential rotation for Koscielny. Okay, on to the next week, game week 25. Uh, Spurs 12.30 kickoff against Newcastle. Again, we've spoken about Spurs. No players available. It's it's kind of hard to, to look at this one and be excited. Mm. Uh, Brighton, Watford at 3 o'clock. Burnley, Southampton also. Chelsea, Huddersfield. Crystal Palace, Fulham. Everton, Wolves. Uh, Chelsea, Huddersfield won. Again, another good fixture for Chelsea. It's, it's just hard to look at them and, and be excited at the moment even if you have Eden Hazard yeah I quite like Crystal Palace Fulham here yeah yeah looks like an interesting one it, it's it's one of those where I'm probably not going to own any players like maybe one Bissaka that's one Bissaka straight in for you me. know what we're probably not going to have time but I am thinking about transferring him out uh purely based on on fixtures and the fact You're wrong. that the but, fact okay. that Be- but Bednarek is 3.9. I just want to get him instead. We'll get him in for someone else. Yeah, but I love Kiko. <laughs> Kiko's my man. And he got me nine <sighs> points. I can't turn my back on that. Okay. Uh, Brighton-Watford. Yeah, looks like a good fixture for Watford, but also it's at the Amex, so Brighton usually come good. Burnley-Southampton. Interesting, different sort of test for Southampton. A team that is got to got to defend very deep but yeah i'm looking forward to playing my man redmond here um everton wolves again i god knows i think wolves should win this i'd, I'd be very comfortable playing jimenez in this one then on to the 5 30 kickoff cardiff bournemouth how did this happen like, not, who booked who booked this i, I mean there is a, a rational reason for it but yeah it's it's not it's not ideal is it it's basically to give you a good Sunday and Monday, I guess. Yeah, so a little bit unexciting. I I don't know what to say about this. I think Bournemouth, you know, on their day, they're really good. This is exactly the kind of game they're just struggling, though, because Cardiff, Cardiff don't really attack with a lot of pace or a lot of energy. So they're not going to have loads of bodies forward for Bournemouth to quickly attack them. And it'll probably end up being a boring sort of nil-nil or a one-nil in the end. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we have two games... Leicester versus Man United is an earlier kickoff, and Man City versus Arsenal. This is the one that sort of factors into my transfer planning because I don't want to have like four players or five players in the Man City Arsenal game. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be horrible. So I think I'm getting rid of David Silva in this week. Um, I can't really remember who for. I've got like a number of different options. This is actually quite a tricky one for, for captaincy this week. So also on, on Monday, there's a West Ham-Liverpool game. There kind of isn't really an obvious standout. It, it'd have to be... I mean, I guess maybe Salah against West Ham you would yeah. look at because West Ham did absolutely hammer them earlier in the season. Man United-Leicester, maybe Rashford is a shout here, but... Pogba as well. Yeah, it's actually quite a hard one. I, I think I'd probably end up I'd probably end up on Salah for this one just because it's sort of the most safe option. Yeah, Salah, but I'd be tempted by Pogba. Yeah, and there is a part of me that would go, that would like to go for a guy like Sterling, but I can't bet against Arsenal. I'm starting to believe again. I'm really enjoying 
Emery's first season. So, yeah, I don't want to do it. But that's Game Week 25 for you. It's going to be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, clean sheet for this one? Uh, who do I want? Um, I think I will go for Southampton because I didn't go for them the week before. And they're away to Burnley. Again, Burnley don't take a lot of shots, so they stand a good chance. Cool. I'm going to have Chelsea against Huddersfield. Fairly safe pick, I'd say. Well, that's what I've thought about a lot of my choices recently. Yeah. Well, that's it. I, I love it when you pick one that sort of isn't obvious and it's one of the only one that comes off, though. It's a good feeling. Uh, something I forgot to mention earlier on, mm-hmm. and it's not really worth, you know talking about in detail but Dwight McNeil for Burnley 4.4 midfielder he's been really good uh Dwight McNeil so he's a youngster that came in about five weeks ago I think and he scored in his first game uh his first start that was and then he assisted a week later and he just generally looks really good so I think as a a fifth midfield option if you're needing to free up some cash and you can't afford like a, a five million or or you know, someone like Redmond or someone like Ward Prowse or someone in that range, he could be a good guy to look at as a facilitator. Um, not going to set the world alight, but he, he does look a really good player and seems to be... Inv- I think he's the one who would have got the assist if uh, Matey Boy Wood's goal had counted. Mm. Okay. So that's one to watch out for. Right. Um, I think that's it. If you want to do the, the honours, Natalie, of telling everyone what they can do to get in touch with us thanks so much for listening to our podcast if you enjoyed it it'd be so lovely if you subscribed and then gave us a rate and review especially on apple podcast that would be sick thanks emma for your sick five star rating you're the best you can get in touch with us all week long uh, via email at hello at the and on twitter at the Denalysis, Dan's been doing some fire tweets of late. Fire tweets. For the Matt Ryan propaganda account. I do kind of want Matt Ryan to get knocked out of the Asian Cup, though, because then I wouldn't have to do goalkeeper transfer. Well, I, I mean, yeah, yeah you can't have it all. Yeah. Yep. Basically, I don't want to have Fabianski against Liverpool because that will be a nightmare. Mm. But, um, yeah. You win some, you lose some, as you always say. Correct. All right, that's it from me for this week, I think. I don't have cool. anything else to add. Do you, do you have anything else before we leave? Not at all. All right, well, good luck to everyone in Game Week 24 and 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we'll let you know on, on the old Twitters when we're going to be back. Do you know where, when we're going to record again, Natalie? Maybe... Tuesday the 5th. Okay, so after Game Week 25. 25. Natalie, it's been a pleasure. Remember, always fancy responsibly. Don't want to see any minus fours in the analysis domestic, or especially minus eights. Oh, if, you, God. if it does well, I'll allow you the minus four, but I want conservative football playing, guys. All right, ciao for now, because I'm just rambling. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey. <laughs>